Hey guys, it's Mike here. Welcome to the First World Philippines podcast. And my heart is heavy. This is a very difficult introduction for me to make because my dear friend, Dr. Chris Enriquez, has suddenly passed away. And I feel, um, I was shocked when I heard the news. And I feel the world and the Philippines has lost a great leader. And Dr. Chris was one of the most inspiring men I've ever met in my life. This guy is a living day Filipino hero. Um, his love for his country, his love for his fellow Capua, his fellow Capi, um, Filipino. Um, it's just a, a journey of extraordinary inspiration. And it's a great sadness that I learned of his passing. And my deepest, deepest console, condolences to his family, friends, patients, students. But this man was really a gift from God. This man, uh, I really felt um, I'm really lucky to have known this guy because uh, how much I learned from him. And I have to share this story. I haven't shared this story with much, many people, but I had one of the lowest times of my time in the Philippines. And it was a, a season, let's call it a season of struggle, a season of self-doubt, a season of financial pressure. Um, where I was really questioning myself and my, my, uh, my work here in the Philippines. A lot of self-doubt and I met with Dr. Chris and out of nowhere, he gave me a gift that brought me to tears. Um, I just felt like I couldn't believe it. I felt, Dr. Chris, I can't accept this. This is uh, the generosity was just, I, I couldn't believe what he was doing. And he said, Mike, it's not from me, it's from Jesus. And Wow, uh, you know those moments in your life where you feel like an angel has been sent, regardless of your faith or whatever you may believe, but you feel like this person just came into my life with a moment of grace. And in that moment, it felt for me that Dr. Chris just came into my life to just give extraordinary generosity when I felt I didn't deserve it. And, I, and, and since then, I... I I, things have turned around for me and I remember asking Dr. Chris hey I want to give that back and he says no Mike pass it on it wasn't mine it was belongs to God just pass it on and that type of leadership I'll never forget um, friends ah, the world has lost a great leader and the Philippines has lost a great leader mentor teacher Dr. Chris Enrique God bless you thank you I know you're listening to this from heaven and I am I'm a better man because of you for, for spending time with you seeing you on stage, seeing you with your patience, seeing your love for your fellow man. And this podcast is now, we're re we did an interview with Dr. Chris some years ago. This is the episode that I would share with you guys. Uh, two years ago, I think, we did this interview in his office. Um, extraordinary, inspiring. Check out his words. Check out his story um, of, of uh, falling out of love in the, with the Philippines and returning back. Just extraordinary inspirational what this man is. Um, experienced and please enjoy this podcast dr chris enrique rest in peace brother uh, you're an extraordinary person I'm, and i feel so blessed to have uh, to have known you until we meet again magandang umaga dr chris magandang umaga mike it is uh, fantastic to be here and, and i am honored that we finally got a chance to sit down and record this well this is my pleasure to do it and i am very excited for our listeners to that we can use this uh, time together to really deconstruct some of your success and some of uh, your story. Okay. So let me start with a question. 
because listeners, I feel very blessed that I've got the opportunity many times to share the stage with you, Dr. Chris, in different yeah. engagements with students and professionals, etc. You, in your story that you share, you tell the audience about how you've fallen out of love and in love with the Filipino. Yes. <laughs> yes. So maybe you can start with that story, that journey of leaving the Philippines to coming back to that, that love story you have with the Philippines. <laughs> this is really a, a good story because uh, I love the Philippines. Uh, but when I went to, after my graduation from medical school, I went to the United States and uh, trained, uh, had more training. And I actually became the only doctor in the world that trained and practiced in four different medical specialties. Uh, and then uh, when, while I was in, uh, in the States, and I, I actually lived there for 50 years, but while I was there, I didn't want to come home to the Philippines anymore. The reason being, I thought, uh, wrongly though, that the reason for poverty in the Philippines, because there's so much poverty in the Philippines, was because people were lazy, people were not working hard, hard enough to make a living for themselves. But I found out that that was not true. I, what I had thought was completely wrong. Uh, and the reason I became aware that it was wrong was when I got to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I did not know Him. Uh, I knew of Him uh, from the church, uh, but I didn't have any personal relationship with Him. I did not know I could talk to Him. I did not know I could give Him all my problems and everything. But I uh, got to have a relationship with Him, and after that, I realized my, the first thing that my wife and I had, uh, you know, we were thinking that we needed to come back to the Philippines because we were called to be here. Mm. Uh, and that's when I found out that actually poverty is not because people were not working hard. Yeah. The, actually, the uh, Filipinos work hard, okay? So actually, I, I realized that the, the problem was the way we think. The problem was more spiritual than economic or financial or physical work. So we, we felt that God was calling us to come back and change the way we think. Uh, and so after 50 years in America, we came back. Uh, we started the medical practice here. Because that's uh, really what I want to do is to, to continue my medical practice. But at the same time, change the way people think. And I, let me give you, Mike, a, an yes. example of why this is such a stark uh, reminder to a lot of Filipinos. Is I spoke in a church in Ermita. This is part of a district in Manila. Um, and after it, I was talking to them about health and how to be healthy and how to be wealthy, the biblical way. Yeah. And then I, just, I asked them after my talk, and I asked them whether there are opportunities in the Philippines. And the pastor told me, uh, Doc, this is the Philippines. We don't have opportunities in the Philippines. Wala. Wala. Wala tayong opportunities sa Pilipinas. That's what he said. Which was wrong, but uh, you know, but that's what he felt. That's what he thought. 
but the thing is, two days later, I was. These are all Christians. These are all believers in Christ. Okay, but two days later, I was uh, some uh, a group of people found out that I was around. I was I was coming from the state and I was staying in a hotel, and they called me and they asked me if they could pick me up and talk to them about health and about whatever one I wanted to talk about. Uh, they were having a. Um, a retreat in, in Laguna, in uh, one of the resorts in Laguna. And after my talk, I talked to them about how to be healthy and how to be prosperous. And then I found out they were all prosperous. They were all millionaires. So I asked them, I said to them, I said, I spoke to a group of people uh, two days ago and they told me there are no opportunities in the Philippines. And I said, what do you think? And And they said, Doc, there are more opportunities in the Philippines than in America. So, you know, the point that I'm trying to make is there is a group of people who don't believe there are opportunities and they are poor. And then there's another group who believe that there are opportunities and they are rich. They're all millionaires. Mm -hmm. So it's all in the mind. In the mind, Mike, it's what you think. It's even in the Bible. Jesus said to the people that he healed, and he said, you got healed because of your faith. Your faith healed you. Your belief healed you. So if we can just change the way we think here in the Philippines, we're going to be the most prosperous country in the world. We are a very rich country. Natural resources, people work hard, so we, can't, we don't have to, to change that. We'll just continue. They are creative. But we need to make them think that they can succeed. And the reason I say that we can succeed in the Philippines is because they don't believe it. Because the reason I, I think they don't believe it is because they go out of the country and work in other countries. Mm. And they succeed in other countries. The same thing with doctors in the Philippines. When, when they go to the state, they become successful there. And the reason for that is because they think they can succeed in America. This is the same thing with the, the old Chinese people from southern, southern China. When they came to the Philippines, they believed they could succeed in the Philippines. And that's what they did. They succeeded in the Philippines. They worked hard. They, worked what, they, they did whatever they needed to do. And they became successful. And these are the people who are billionaires now. These are the Henry C's, the Gopon Ways, the, all these people who work hard, here in the Philippines because they believe they could succeed in the Philippines. Mm. This is the same thing as the OFW. When they go to the Middle East, when they go to Hong Kong or wherever they want to go, in their mind they are going to succeed. And they do. Mm. Some of them uh, work very hard and some of them uh, have all kinds of bad experiences, but as a general rule, they succeed. They are able to, to provide for their families mm. in the Philippines. So what I want to happen, what I really, what burdens me the most is, we can do that. We don't have to go out to another country. We can succeed in the Philippines mm. if we really believe that. If we believe that, there are more than twenty billionaires. You, you I mean dollar billionaires in in the Philippines, and I don't know if you remember Earl Nightingale. He said one time. If there is one rich person in a community, anybody can be rich in that community. Yeah. So, there are opportunities here. 
We just don't believe it. But once we start believing that and start looking for those opportunities, mm. we will be the richest, the richest country, not only in Asia, in the world. I really believe that. That's why I wrote the book, Filipinos Are Rich. Because I said the time will come when they will know, when, when the Philippines will become uh, not the America of Asia, but the United States will become the Philippines of North America. Mm. That's what I believe. We, we, have, we have all the components, we, are all, we have all the ingredients of how to be successful and how we can succeed. The people are hardworking, creative, we have the natural resources, we have all the opportunities here. Mm. The traffic alone, okay, is an opportunity. We lose 2.5 billion pesos every day because of the traffic. If somebody can solve that traffic, then he will become rich. And I'm writing a book on that. <laughs> I am writing a book on the traffic. And I, I'm making it, I, the title of the book is Two Birds with One Stone. Meaning, we solve the problem and create jobs at the same time. Mm. The problem here is not the cars and not the infrastructure. The problem is the drivers. So we need to concentrate on on co correcting what 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 the wrong things the drivers do mm. so so that's part of, of of how the philippines will be a world-class country like what you say world-class filipino ah. it will be so let me ask you a question about your journey especially those 50 years outside of the country now today you're clearly one of the most passionate filipinos i know and it hasn't always been that, yeah. that, that fire hasn't always been there. So let me help. I want to understand. Can you give me moments when you were abroad of where the potential of the Filipino you saw? You saw the greatness of the Filipino that really helped you make that decision to come back. And I'm I'm specifically asking this question because of a lot of our listeners are overseas Filipinos. Okay. And is there is there a moment? Is there a story? where you saw the genius of the Filipinos? There are a lot of stories about the Filipinos in, in, in abroad. One particular which I experienced myself when, is when I got sick. Uh, I'm a cardiologist, but I had a heart problem at one time. This is over 20 years ago. And I had a bypass surgery in, in Miami. Uh, and I was admitted to Mount Sinai Hospital. And uh, there, were a lot of, there were a lot of nurses from different countries. They were from Jamaica, from the Bahamas, from Africa, from Europe, from Asia, from America. But the best nurses that I had, and I was exposed to a lot of them, were, were the nurses from the Philippines. Not because I was a Filipino patient, but I noticed it when they deal with other patients. And whenever they are not on the ship, you know, I, I miss them because they took good care of me. They really took care of their profession. They were very good to their profession. They are applied to their profession. Mm. And they work hard. They were very compassionate. They were very caring about how I felt and how I was and how the other patients were. And that's the genius of the Filipinos. The, the nurses were really the best. But not only that, whenever American hospitals are, are looking for nurses, they, want the, they always want the mm. Filipino nurses. Mm. And they, 
they they get promoted and um, they become supervisors and head nurses in America. Mm. So this is I know in our blood in our heart of heart we we know we can do a good job. Mm. We know we can do a good job. Let me ask here in the Philippines when you hear the word word world class Filipino uh, successful Filipino who comes to mind? The tragic thing, though, is we have a lot of good. We have obviously we have Bonifacio and Rizal and all those. And in, uh, uh, in the contemporary times, we have Magsaysay and Lakson. You know all those guys. Um, but in the business aspect, though, yeah. Uh, what is sad is when I heard one time when one of the uh, billionaires. Uh, who owns hundreds of businesses? He says what is not what he could not uh, understand was he could not find CEOs in the Philippines. So he had to go. He, he still has to go to Hong Kong to find CEOs for his companies because he has CEO for each of his companies, mm -hmm. and he he was lamenting that I could not find any anybody in the Philippines. Uh, I guess he, 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 needs, he needs a lot of CEOs, but when I heard that, that hurts. Mm. He can't find a CEO from, from the Philippines. Um, so so we, need, we need to step up. We need to show these people, anybody, not just our own Filipinos, but to everybody that we can do it. We can do the job. Uh, and we have to show it to them. Mm. So, looking ahead at the next 20 years, what changes do you see happening in the Philippines? What excites you about the What future? excites me is that corruption will go away. This is actually a hindrance to our progress. Um, the corruption is very bad. It's not just the big people that are corrupting. That They can see that. But it's the little people. When you look for ask for a business permit from the city hall, from a local city hall, mm. and you cannot get it for whatever reason. They don't tell you why. That's frustrating. Mm. I have, uh, I've been asking for a business permit in one of the cities here. It's been four years since I asked for a business permit. I still don't have it. Mm. But that will change. Our present pre president is dedicated to getting rid of corruption. I hope he succeeds. Mm. Once he succeeds, then the, we have a, a pathway to really greatness. So this podcast, it really, if, if we're to use just one word to describe it, I think one of the words I would pick is change. Um, we want people to act on what they hear, they listen to. We want people to make positive change for the future. Yeah. Reflecting on yourself, and I'll, I'll ask this question in two ways, and maybe you've already answered it, but I'm looking for what's the best change that you've made in your life? My priorities, when I got to know the Lord Jesus Christ, that is the best change in my life. Mm. And then since that time, then things uh, changed uh, in my outlook also. Uh, that we can actually make a change on our own. Yeah. We don't have to have a lot of a uh, big group of people to, to make a change. We, uh, when the Israelites left, you know, Egypt 
it was only because of one person, because of Moses. Okay, yeah. and it was it happened because he changed because he believed God that he could change. So yeah. he did. We can do it the same thing in the Philippines. Rizal was a one person. He gave his life, and it. The thing is, we don't have to. When I was writing my book, the Filipinos are rich, and I said we need, we will become very successful country. Mm. A friend of mine from Palm Beach, Florida, said to me, "It will take a hundred years before you can do that." I said, "That's okay. When we start now, then a hundred years from now, it's gonna be what I envision it to be." I said, "Rizal did not benefit from what he he did, but we are benefiting from what he did." Yes. Munipacho, he did not benefit. He got killed. All of them got killed. But we are benefiting from what they did. So what we are doing now will benefit generations to come. What do you believe in that most people would find crazy? Would find would would say is crazy, especially Filipinos. Let's say you you hold a certain belief, uh-huh. but let's say the majority of Filipinos would say that's crazy. That's crazy because they don't believe it can happen. But we need to change the way the way we think, because like the Bible says in Proverbs twenty three seven, it says, "Whatever you believe is what will happen to you. Mm. As you believe in your heart, so are you." It's just a matter of belief. Mm. It's not a matter of anything else. If you believe that. If you have a dream and you believe it can happen, you will find a way to make it happen. What is the moments, and you've given me a few already, but I'm, look, I'm digging for more, where there's been significant shifts in your belief. For example, your definition of success, I know you've shared with me that it has changed over the years. Yeah. How you define success. Where has been the... Success is not anymore. Success yeah. is not what you fulfill. It's a goal. Success is what happens to you. You attract success. Mm. And then what happens to you as you fulfill your goal and you become successful, you attract that because of what you do. That's why in the book that I wrote, The Filipinos Are Rich, to be successful, one of the things that you do is to be a giver. When you give, God will give you the same thing. Uh, in Ephesians 6, 8, it says, Whatever good things you do for others, God will do the same for you. So it's not that you work hard, it's just a way you follow what God tells you to do. When you do, you succeed. There is nobody in the world, Mike, that has become successful or become a billionaire without using the principles of Jesus Christ. No one, whether they are a believer or not, they use the principles of Jesus Christ to be successful. And what are those principles? There are a lot of them. And one of them is to be a giver. One of them is to care for others. One of them is to serve you better. One of them is to get a good product to, to sell to you at an affordable price. Mm. Those are all principles of Jesus Christ. Mm. Serve them. You know, when you, when you serve them, when you give them something, give more. Mm. When he says to you, when they slap you on one face, on one side of the face, give the other one. I don't know why he says that, but when you do that, you become successful. When they ask you for your coat, give your shirt also. Why? Well, I don't know, but he says that. But when you do that, you become successful. 
He loves all of us. Whether you believe in Him or not, He loves you. Mm. Whatever you do, when you do what He says, whether unknowingly or knowingly, you will succeed. Wow. For, let's, you've mentioned belief many times, and I really want to pick up on it because I guess I'm reflecting on my own personal beliefs about, I feel belief is a journey. Uh, faith is a journey. Yeah. It increases and decreases if if you don't pay attention to it. What, and I, I really want to get into a daily practice here. For you, what has been a, a daily practice that has helped you with this mindset? Because I, I guess it can get, it's so easy to be discouraged. It's so easy maybe to fall back to the old way of thinking. What for you is a daily routine or ritual that you have that helps you prime your mind for success? Well, the thing to do is to really uh, be in touch with the Lord all the time. You have to talk to Him. You have to tell Him what's going on with your life. He doesn't have to know because He knows already. But He wants to know from your mouth what, what you know. Uh, and then when you, when you get discouraged, when you, something goes wrong, then you, you look at the Bible. What does the Bible say? This, this is, uh, the example I'm going to give you is about health. When a patient comes to the clinic and they are sick and they are a believer, if they are a believer, not a believer, then it's a different story, but they are a believer. I ask them always, what does God tell you about that, about your disease? Is this something that he gave you? Is it something that the devil gave you? Is it something, what happened to you? And what does he say about your disease? What I want them to tell me is, I feel pain, I feel bad, but I'm healed. Because God says, I am healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. When you start thinking that way, mm. that you believe you are already healed, because that's what God says, and the doctors does whatever he, he needs to do, you get better. You get healed. Mm. Actually, it's with or without the doctor. But the doctor, God uses doctors also. Mm. So, uh, but the thing is, you have that belief that you are healed. And then when you believe that, it changes your neurotransmitters. Do you know when you think positive or when you think good faith? Mm. Stem cells develop in your, what we call hippocampus, that's the, uh, in the middle of your brain, uh, and it produces stem cells to make you well, or to make you succeed. Well, that's what it does. When you think, thoughts, thoughts, the, 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 we are thinking, travel, because the thoughts are both electric and magnetic. They have studied that already. And it travels to at least, we know, to at least 250,000 miles. Because when the astronauts were in, in the moon, which is 250,000 miles away from the Earth, when the, what they were thinking, they recorded in North Carolina. And when they came back, those thoughts were compared to what they recorded in North Carolina, and they were the same. So we know that thoughts travel but I believe it travels all the way to the throne of God to God himself because when Jesus said even before you pray what you are thinking God already knows but you still have to tell him even though he knows already yes because he wants to hear from you yeah so this is the reason why we think positive we think that good things will happen to us we think that we are going to succeed 
we believe that you are going to succeed, not because of you, but because of him. Let's. This is fantastic, Chris. Let's. I want to move into adversity. Okay. <laughs> One of my favorite subjects. I know people find that crazy. It's, but it's my favorite because it has so much growth comes from adversity. I know that the most challenging times of my life, um, and I've shared this before, my two years in Africa were the most challenging years of my life, but the two greatest years because I grew of, I grew so much, the man I became. What for you is an adversity in your life that at the time um, was a great challenge, but looking back today, you are so thankful and grateful for that adversity because of what you became. First of all, it says in the Bible in James 1, it says, count it all joy when you have adversity because you develop your character that way. The most uh, adverse thing that happened to me was a long time ago, this is in the early 1980s, when I was uh, charged, no, I was, I was not arrested, but I was charged that I was uh, doing what we call Medicare. Uh, we have uh, a government insurance in the United States called Medicare. Mm -hmm. And they told, uh, they, they came to my office and closed my office and the FBI came and they told me that I was doing something that was illegal, which was not true, okay? Uh, but through that, I, um, I uh, because of the uh, the media, I was on TV a lot. I was in the newspaper a lot, saying all kinds of things about me, uh, which were not true. But people don't know that. They don't know what's true and what's not. But it was not true until they charged me with uh, 17 counts of felonies. None of them was true. Uh, but when I uh, the uh, the prosecutor uh, in, uh, made a deal with my lawyer that they said, we don't have to go to trial because we can settle this before the trial. I said, I don't want to go. I don't want to settle this. I want to go to trial because I have to clear my name because I didn't do anything of these things. And then the judge got involved and he said, look for something that, you know, that, that, that's not, that you think you did uh, uh, and settle this. It's better to settle it. And my lawyer told me, we need to, to settle. I, I think we are going to win. But when you go to trial, it's not who, whoever is correct that will win. Whoever, whoever performs better wins. So if you perform good, we will win. If they perform better than us, they will win. And, and, and then the lawyer told me, plus you are rich and you are a foreigner. Even though you are an American citizen, you are still a foreigner. You look different from them. And they are not rich. They don't like you. So you're gonna lose. I said, okay, let's 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 make a deal. And you know what they found? I defrauded the government nine dollars. That's it. So I pled guilty to nine dollars of fraud. And I went to prison for that. Now, it's bad, it looks bad, it sounds bad. On paper, it's bad, but that's the best thing that ever happened to me. Wow, you have to see. This is amazing. Because that's how I found Jesus Christ. Wow. I lost all my friends. My doctor friends, American and Filipino friends. I, don't have, I didn't have too many Filipino uh, friends over there because there were not too many Filipinos in, in, in Fort Lauderdale. But my Americans, they didn't even want to call me. They didn't even want to talk to me on the phone. When I called them, they would hang up on me. Nobody asked me to go to lunch or whatever or to talk to me. 
So I was by myself. That's how I got to know the Lord. And the Lord became my friend since that time. And that changed me. That's the way I, th- the way I thought. Because my ambition at that time was to be a billionaire. Just like Marcos was. There was, there was only one billionaire in the Philippines and that was Marcos. And I wanted to be like him the right way. <laughs> uh, but, and I was becoming very rich because I was driving a Ferrari and Rolls Royce and all kinds of things. But the thing is, once that happened, I got rid of my Ferrari right away. Uh, and then, um, then it completely changed. And one of the changes that happened was my love for the Philippines. I started really loving the Philippines again. And I wanted to come back. And I'm glad I came back because I'm enjoying it here. Even with all the, the, the killings all over the place, but I enjoy it here. Mm. I really love this country. This is going to be good. I want to be part of the change that will happen in the Philippines. Mm. Yeah. Chris, this is inspiring beyond words. And we're coming towards the end of our interview. But I want to ask you a couple of final questions. And uh, let's start with, where were you at 20 years of age? Can you remember that? Chris? Yes, I was in medical school. Medical school, yeah. where? In the, in, the, in the Philippines. Okay, time machine. Scenario, you get to have a coffee or a cup of tea <laughs> with your 20-year-old self. What advice would you give the young Dr. Chris? Um, dream and dream big. It will happen. Pursue it, it will happen. Mm. Have you got a, a favorite quote or leadership verse or Bible verse that you live by that you, um, that's been a, a life verse for you? Job 36 verse 11. It says, When you obey and serve Him, you will spend your years You'll spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasures. Wow. So all we need to do, obey Him and serve Him. How do you serve Him? You serve Him by serving your neighbors, serving your other, other people. That's how you serve Him. Hmm. You can't serve Him by worshiping Him all the time. You have to worship Him all the time, but you have to do something for your neighbors. Because Jesus had two commandments for us. Just two, the ten, two. Love God and love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And then it says in John, 3 John 2, I wish, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. How does your soul prosper? Which is your soul? Your soul is your mind, the way you think. And when it prospers, you prosper. And it prospers by changing your bad habits to good habits. Mm-hmm. And how do you change that? By obeying Him. And serving him. Mm-hmm. When you do that, success is guaranteed. Whatever success is for you, it's different for for different people. Mm-hmm. Some some people is financial. Some people is not. It's serving others. It's good for them. Mm-hmm. Everything will happen. Whatever you you put your mind to, it will happen. It says in Ecclesiastes, wherever you put your hands to, will prosper. Mm-hmm. You know, powerful. Wow. Yeah. I'm getting goosebumps from listening to you, Dr. Chris. <laughs> let me, we're towards the end, but let me, let's talk about the Filipino people. Okay. Our brothers and sisters 
all across the world and here in the Philippines. Yes. You've already touched on this, but I guess I would like to ask you for one final time about your dream for this country. This country that you love so much. What is your dream? My dream for this country for is for all the Filipinos who are working in, in other countries to come back because there are opportunities in our country, the Philippines. Uh, you, need, you don't even have to think hard. You, you just have to look for them. And the way you look for them is know what your purpose is. Know what you want to do, what your passion is, and then look for that according mm. to your passion. Mm. You will succeed. Uh, and if you really are doing your assignment from God, you can't die. You know, while you're doing your assignment, you can't die. You have to, to fulfill your, your assignment first before you can die. Mm. Second last question. And imagine a scenario where someday in the future you're surrounded by all your loved ones and you can only give them three final messages. And everything that you've done in the past, for some reason, has been deleted. So your books, <laughs> your talks, the great businesses you've built, the inspiring works, you, your messages you've given in the past, all of that is, let's say, not visible, not accessible no. to them. Mm -hmm. What are the three, three truths They're that good. you give to your loved ones and to our listeners? That's easy. Number one is love God. Love your neighbor. And like Nike, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. Wow. Just do it. And Chris, my final question is, this show is, is really about inspiring Filipino excellence. It's a show for Filipinos, our brothers and sisters across the world and here in the Philippines. We want Filipinos to become world class. Mm -hmm. What is your definition of a world class Filipino? A world-class Filipino is one who is doing things the right way all the time, uh, not involved in corruption, not involved in anything immoral or illegal, but pursuing their dream the way uh, they want it, they will succeed when they do that. I want the people to know also, those who are listening to us, that there are a lot of opportunities in the Philippines. We can become successful here. If you want to become a billionaire, U.S. dollars, you can. There are over 23 U.S. billionaires here already, U.S. dollar billionaires in the Philippines. Uh, and all we need is one to show us, but we have 23, so that will show it to us. The last one was a, it's a 39-year-old guy that started 13 years ago. My, my testimony that I wrote was to become a billionaire in 14 years. And this guy did it in 13 years. And, you know, so we can succeed in the Philippines. Just be honest with yourself. You can do it here. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities. And if you want, you can call me and I'll, I'll teach you what to do. Wow. I'll teach you what to do. So, Dr. Chris, how can people, as we come to the end of our interview, how can people connect with you? How can people reach out to you um, through email or yeah. what you can do is through our website so they can remember the website rapahealth.com or that ph okay how uh, do i spell that uh, r a p h a health dot ph 
you want me to give the email? No, it's okay. We'll, uh, what we'll do is, from that website, we'll also link to our show notes, mm-hmm. um, links to your books, links mm-hmm. to your work, and links to how the readers can get in contact with you. Yeah, because I want them, if you have no idea, or if you have an idea and you don't know what to do, talk to me. Talk to me. I will help you. Wow. Talk to me. You, you email me, drchris at me.com. Oh, at me. Dot com. M-E dot com. D O C T O R C R I S at me, M E dot com. Dr. Chris at me dot com. Email me, I'll, I'll respond to you. We can even meet. Fantastic. So, yeah. listeners, that's a challenge. If you want to get in contact directly with Dr. Chris, uh, his contact details will be in the show notes at microgan.ph forward slash podcast. You'll see all the details of this episode. And, Chris, I, I am so great, grateful that I've gotten to know you. Actually, the background was this you came to my book launch yes and you shared a very inspiring message for me that shocked me that day <laughs> and really inspired me through the months and through the many years ahead we've become great friends and the vision you have for this country the message you have it's so special and so I'm grateful that you made time for our listeners the greatest days are ahead Dr. Grace amen amen, amen. thank you and God bless God bless you Paul thank you thank you